0: Warm the Hockey Podcast episode 58 this week. We are back with you. A um, lot of interesting times as usual. The most interesting times are continuing, but we are continuing to put out the content despite the lack of information, basically. but there We is, never lack for information? What are you saying? But there is some new information, and we'll start here with, um, like usual, like normal, with uh, some headlines and some updates. Um in the hockey world, uh, this morning, some some updates. Um, first from uh, Pierre LeBrun, um, when he mentioned he uh, said the NHL and the NHLPA are finalizing things um, that would see NHL participation in the Olympics again, um, if the players ratify it, and subject to negotiations with the Olympic Committee sounds like a proposed CBA extension includes the NHL's return to Olympic participation covering 2022 and 2026. Hmm. Okay. So
1: there's that much in regards to Olympic participation. Are you a fan of that? Are you, are you a proponent of the, uh, the pros being in the Olympics? I try and look at it both ways from a business
0: owner perspective. I don't like it because these are multi-million-dollar assets right. that I'm paying multi m- millions of dollars oh, for yeah. the base for the sake of bringing a, my city and my organization to prominence with a Stanley Cup. Yep, um, that's a that's mul- millions and millions of dollars. Basically, for lack of a better phrase or term, down the toilet at if, risk if um, he blows an ACL or he right. does something. However, I think you and I can also agree that one of the great things about something like the NCAA or anything like that is the passion and the pride that goes into playing for your school or playing for your your flag, playing for the for what's on the front of your. Jersey, yep, there's a passion and a pride there, and from that perspective, I am 100% supportive of it because, as a player, why would you not want to represent your country? Why would you not take pride in that? Why would you not want to do that, right? So, there's so I can understand the difficulty in CBA negotiations of the two sides pulling, right? You got right the, the one side going, I'm paying you, I'm paying Connor McDavid $12.3 million a year, right? to To be the guy in Edmonton and help us get back to the playoffs and win us a Stanley Cup and do these things, he goes to play for Canada at the 2022 Olympics and blows out a knee and he's out for 18 months. Oh my gosh! Yeah. But from a player perspective, I get it. You there? There's a passion there at the World Juniors, at the Olympics, of things when you wear when you wear that that sweater, when you wear that jersey and you step on the ice representing Canada or, the, or Russia or Sweden or the United States or anything like that. There's a, there's a pride there. And sure. I, and, and from a player perspective, I think we can both agree on that. You, you step out and there's, you feel the atmosphere and the adrenaline because you know you're representing, you're bringing joy and pride to your country by, by representing it. And isn't it so, weird
1: how, and, and I get that I, and this is probably as, as opposite as the PA and the league can look at any given subject because the league looks at it just like you describe man i got i've got a an 85 million dollar payroll and half of it is going to the olympics and i hope they come come home in one piece i don't like this i don't like putting my checkbook on the line when nothing's coming back to me in return but as a player you definitely i, I think everybody wants that opportunity but isn't it weird how they they're literally just they're pinning the cba on this negotiation for the olympics and yet every year every spring when the world championships come around they're trying to figure out how to how to stretch a a hammy or something and get out of it so international competition doesn't mean much i i would say if you get rid of the world championships take out the bye week get rid of some of the fluff in the league schedule
0: then maybe the Olympics would mean
1: a little more. Yeah, give everybody two weeks off. Let the guys who
0: are not going to the Olympics get I, I will get agree some with that. There's, there's a, You're basically oversaturating the market if there's a dozen or more r- events and opportunities to represent your country. Right. Right? Um, a few years ago, uh, the World Championship um, will. I'm blanking on what what they called it. Um, Team North America and US and and all that stuff. Um, Then the World Championships that happen every off season in Europe, Mm -hmm. while teams are still competing in playoffs, the ones that aren't now go to Europe and represent canada in germany or somewhere playing in that world championship so i get it there's there's an oversaturation effect to it to where the olympics now don't mean much when these guys have worn the canadian crest or or the united states flag
1: in three other
0: tournaments prior to that
1: the olympics so, mean, mean plenty the the world championship means even less if that's possible yeah i think what that's I mean. what you're saying you get what i mean though but the IIHF, which I'll never recognize as a real governing body ever because it's not ice hockey. So the International Hockey Federation has held the Olympics hostage. If you don't send all your, all your guys that are out in the first or second round over to the World Championships every spring, then we're going to make life difficult. In the Olympics, we're not going to we're not going to help with travel and insurance and and accommodations and things. So, they've really held the players hostage in that regard, which I know I have no respect for. The the IHF is like the UN; they're just useless and and really need to be done away with. We know it used to be that the World Cup, World Championships, uh, they really meant a lot because. It was you know, kind of showcasing the game throughout Europe and around the world. It's not necessary anymore. You can YouTube or, or hockey TV, anything you want to see anywhere. Everybody knows it's out there. You really don't need to promote it that that Well, there's way.
0: also so many representatives now because the game's grown. There's so many representatives in the NHL, in uh, the CHL, even uh, Junior A CJHL, ncaa there's so many representatives from these and kids from these different countries now that are coming to go to school at a university in north america or playing in the ohl or doing this or that so you you really it's no really no longer a u.s and canada thing with the occasional russian player thrown in or something like that it's now um european players are now a vital part of the game and 20, so it 24 percent. so something. at this point especially now with the nhl doing global series and things like that transitioning and right. you know and doing those types of games every year there's certain things where you don't necessarily need to showcase no. the european game because you, you turn on and turn on hockey night in canada and you're going to see a european style of game depending on a team you're watching or anything like that so um there's
1: aspects to it but so uh, what else do we know? Did we hear? We uh, got,
0: Frank Saravelli uh, Frank um, also tweeted out uh, that last night the NHL and NHLPA agreed on interim extension on all expiring player contracts. Okay. Yeah. Um, they would have they would have expired at midnight because it's July first, right? right. Um, contracts are extended pending completion of the new CBA and agreements on phases three and four of the return to play. Uh, the caveat here, and we touched on this in regards to guys like Eric Stahl, remember, and things like that. Right. Um, part of this agreement, and this is from Frank, Cer- Frank Cervelli, part of the agreement is any player, any player can choose to opt out of the return to play. Fair enough. So now you're now based on that there's no consequence if a guy chooses to not come back to play the, the rest of this season which means does that mean we're going to see Felino stall and certain guys not in a lineup because yeah, they're we'll just not going
1: I got a hunch that when play starts and everybody looks around at this virus thing mm-hmm. they're going to say you know nobody's sick nobody's dying this isn't you know I'm going back to work I want to play I want to be with my guys the playoffs are starting I'm not going to sit at home and hide under my pillow for from nothing I'm going to I'm going to the rink yep. so that's that's my hunch but a cup and they, then yeah so it's it'll be in it'll be interesting to see this all goes back to what we were talking about just before we hit record here that we've got you got UFAs pending you've got contracts expiring you've got ELCs getting ready to expire or start where do all of these contracts and all of the things that were so date oriented for the last generation July 1st free agency etc trade deadline where do all these things fit in now Mm -hmm. that we kind of had a evaporation of the regular season and now the playoffs may run until what September October I don't know. Yeah. Where does so all, where does all this start? Frank Cervelli's end? tweet kind
0: of answers at least a little bit of it that contracts are have been extended. So yeah. now um, and everything. Uh, the question now that remains, in my opinion, based on Frank's tweet, is um, when do when is the new date that they that they expire? Yeah, well, or that- when was the new date that technically they begin or anything like that? Because technically to your point, the new situation is that the 1920 NHL season is now going to end in what would be the beginning of the 2021 season. Well so it, yeah. how does that, how does that get figured, sorted out yep. due to that crossover?
1: So, you know, every interesting times, but, yep. and, um, and everything can be resolved with money yep. somehow. But that's probably the biggest question. You can figure out what date to expire a contract or start a new one or become a free agent or, or set the, reset the trade deadline, et cetera. But the salary cap and how it's affected by the missing 13, 12 or 13 games of regular season by m- maybe no fans in the in the building for all of the entire playoffs, as we've said before, that's hundreds of millions of dollars gone. Where does that... How does that affect the cap? Who eats that? Does yep. that come out of the cap so the players don't have it anymore? Do the, is the ownership expected to swallow that, uh, that problem on their own? Wow. That, that's the one I'm really eager to see how they sort out. And while on the subject of what is the Board of Governors doing... Let's talk about the lottery for a minute.
0: Well, I want, let me let me. Um, I want to finish um, this real quick. Bob McKenzie put out a few tweets that okay I, I want, that should answer at least some of the comments we've made. Um, Bob McKenzie, real quick, uh, barring any last minute complications, um, and we've seen some of those in places like Vancouver and Las Vegas. The two NHL hub cities will be Edmonton and Toronto. Right. Yeah, I saw that um, this morning from that Bob McKenzie. Be solid. Uh, the other, the other tweets from Bob McKenzie, real quick. Uh, the expectation is that NHL players uh, will be paid their 2021 contract year signing bonuses um, tomorrow on July 1st, as scheduled. Uh, hmm. That's an NHL expenditure of more than 300 million. Um, top 10 signing bonuses of 20 of the 2020-2021 season. Um, Steven Stamkos at 8.5 million, Carey Price at 8.7 million, Sebastian Aho at 9.8, Eric Carlson at 10, Roman Yossi at 11, John Tavares at 11.9, Artemi Panarin at 12, McDavid at 13, Mitch Marner at 14.3, and Austin Matthews at 15.2. Those are your top 10 uh, signing bonuses. Um, Bob McKenzie also said footnote on the payments. Uh, Because of July 1st holiday in Canada and the U.S. holiday weekend, it's possible actual payments may not get to players until next week. Oh, heavens to Murgatroyd! But they are coming. Um, And finally, uh, he also said, also to be determined in the next few days, if players are deferring 10% of salary for the 2021 season, um, as may be the case, Uh, does it apply to to signing bonus um, monies owed now? Um, still some sorting out on these issues.
1: So And you've got the, you got the question of escrow too, which is a big deal for the players. So and, wow. to, to go off of your, your financial comment,
0: read some of that <laughs> as you talk about signing bonuses and things um yes but uh tr- real quick um as we finish our introductions and we transition uh make sure you head to um apple Podcasts and spotify um if you haven't already make sure you subscribe you rate your review you share uh you help continue to help us grow make sure you head to uh facebook and instagram war room the hockey podcast at war in hockey podcast respectively make sure you like and you follow along engage with us uh, ask questions comments um topic ideas, anything like that, uh, we, we love to hear from all of you. Um, and make sure you settle in for Episode 58 of War Room the Hockey Podcast as we talk about a number of different things, updates on the return to play, uh, the lottery situation uh, as there's bound to be a number of people out there that are quite <laughs> frustrated, and uh, the any updates and comments on the return to play situation. So uh, Episode 58 of War Room the Hockey Podcast – We are going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with you. From the hockey podcast, episode fifty-eight. Uh, those of you that uh, have been listening from the very beginning, we uh, touched on a few headlines, a few tweets from those in the hockey world. Um, update, more updates on the return to play, hub cities, um, signing bonuses, all that. Um, as we transition here, we're going to touch real quickly on the debacle of the draft lottery, <laughs> um, let's as, just- as much as we can, because again, let's all try and keep our blood pressure as calm as possible given the fact that at the end of the day um, no matter how big or important we are or think we are uh, there is no changing the situation unless the Board of Governors comes in and and does something nothing's changing especially this year but in general so we can touch on it uh, based on our feelings and based on things we know to be true but nothing will change so keep that in mind as our blood
1: pressure goes. At Um, least at least 25 maybe 30 of the 31 teams are going to tell you that this system is badly badly broken but they all voted for it oh yeah and i don't know what the final vote tally was but well fact facts are you, it's broken it is It is miserably broken now, that's I mean, that's fact
0: and, and we we no. t- we touch on we touch on things that we, we all the time and you you say constantly uh, things that we talk about while, yes, it is. It a lot of it can be our subjective opinion. There is a lot of things we touch on that, if, if we are saying it, we've done at least enough research to know that it's fact. Yes. It's true. So the Therefore, purpose. the lottery is factually
1: a fl- broken system. The the reason they put the lottery in was for the anti-tanking rule, mm-hmm. so that you couldn't have be in the midst of a bad season, put in your third string goaltender, rest your top guys, lose 11 out of the last 12, and get the top pick. But that is probably preferable to the notion that, let's just say, Pittsburgh or Toronto or the Islanders flunk out in the first round and get Lafreniere, or maybe Edmonton, Nashville, Vancouver, Calgary, w- Chicago. Any of those teams could get bumped in the first round and win the first overall. And that is not the purpose no, not. of the of the lottery. It's to make bad teams better. It's not and any of those teams I just mentioned, especially maybe I I don't know, let's say Edmonton, Calgary, Toronto, any of those Pittsburgh the, those teams would not completely blow your hair back if they won the cup or went to the conference final, and now you're going to gift wrap the best player in the draft and hand it to them? Well, it's, it's just dumb. Why Why they,
0: would you vote for that? It's a bad vote, and it's a very broken system. That's fact. And it's a situation. Now, yes, there's u- unique circumstances going on right now, but but, um, it's a situation where they backed themselves into a corner when they decided to do a 2014 team qualifying playoff tournament style thing and the reality of it is is you got to stick to the credibility and the honor of the game and that is the teams that make the playoffs are now not included in the lottery right and the, the corner they backed themselves into now is that the way it should have happened this year is that 24 teams cannot be in the lottery. No. Because twenty four teams are technically, you call it what you want, a play in, a qualifier, but at the end of the day, they are in the playoffs and you've included them in the playoffs. Therefore they should be, per the integrity of the game, excluded from any lottery situation. The only seven teams that should have been included are the ones that didn't make it. Buffalo, New Jersey, Anaheim, Ottawa, San Jose, Detroit, LA. That's it. it. That's it. And so yet it's yet another situation that proves how broken the system is. And because it, it's true. And I had somebody comment um, on our social media. And um, part of it, you could tell just by the tone of it that it was poking fun and things. But it's factually true. And the comment the comment this person made was... Something will happen, and Edmonton will get it. Yeah. But the but right. the thing is, is it, the system is so broken that you're now looking at a situation where Lafreniere could be in a lineup with McDavid. Yes. Lafreniere could be on a line with Sidney Crosby. Lafreniere could be Matthews. could be with Austin Matthews. Right. Lafreniere Johnny could be Goudreau. with with Barzal. I mean. Yep. And it just, it doesn't work that way. And so it's a a very, very broken system. And they backed themselves into a corner. And unfortunately, it backfired in the worst way possible, given how the lottery played out. Because you could honestly say, at the end of the day, no matter how broken the system is, that it is what it is, if it worked out the proper way the other day. But it didn't, because now now not only is one of the seven teams in the lottery not getting the first overall pick which you could excuse things away if they were right detroit gets the first overall pick or something sure. fine yeah then That's fine what it's for. if a play in team is gets to gets to select 5th then okay that sucks they jumped but it's not first right but the problem is is now a play a play in team has now won the lottery to where now the 8 teams that lose in the play in have equal opportunity to get the the first overall pick
1: right so and here and the math is horrible so not only are they allowing those 16 teams in the play in round in the qualifier those 16 teams have a, a chance to get the top pick but they had the cumulative best chance they had more a higher percentage than any of the seven lower teams, unless you added the top pick, the two picks that Ottawa had. But not only did they put them in the running to get a pick to get the top pick, but they gave them the best odds of it. Like we watched that the, we watched the draw and we went, well, statistically, they should win it. So here's a question. Let's say the top four teams in each conference all voted not to give play-in teams the, the a chance at the first pick. So there's eight votes against it. Let's say the bottom seven non-playoff teams voted absolutely against it. That's still only 15. If I'm one of the 16 teams in the play-in round I'm voting absolutely a hundred percent, so that if I stumble yep. and get a bad break and get flunked out in the first round, I still have a shot at Lafreniere. It might be a one in eight shot, but I still got it. You're saying there's a chance. So, if that vote came down in the Board of Governors, if it came down sixteen to fifteen, I wouldn't be. I'd be shocked if it didn't.
0: Actually, yep. well, to your point, they're broken or not, there's a situation where people are are actually going to like the situation. And it's a it's a situation where, to your point, uh, right, wrong, or indifferent, it's kind of like the comment Shea Weber made about the 2014 play-in. He said that the 2014 situation is 100% unfair, but I'm going to take it because we get a chance to continue we to play. So in that type of comment, the teams that are now included in this, you can't necessarily be upset about it. Right. So plus on top of that, I don't want to trivialize people. If you're, if you're a passionate fan, good for you. But the people that are going to be happy about this situation are people that really don't know anything about the game other than who their favorite team is. Right. They don't, they don't know the ins and outs of the game. They don't know, actually know the true game of hockey. All they know is my favorite team is such and such. And, to the point where my t- favorite team is such-and-such and, such and, oh, they're included. My favorite team is such-and-such and, such and, oh, they're included in the playoffs, like a Chicago or somebody. My favorite team is such-and-such and, such and, oh, they get a chance at the first overall pick. Those types of people who, hey, could be very, very nice people, but at the end of the day, they don't know anything <laughs> about the game of hockey beyond who their favorite team or their favorite player is. And those are the types of people that that will debate with you and me or anybody else about this this whole system right because hey my team has a chance
1: so oh yay i love so it so the system works but yeah. they don't they don't know anything you, you so just it, have to you have to look at everything from the big picture mm-hmm. and league wise if you like parody and parody can be really awesome i'm i'm all for it it's it puts it puts interest in the game all the way through the season it puts fans in the seats it makes it makes a mid-march game between Montreal and the Florida Panthers have a lot of meaning and look out west when when play stopped the in the Pacific Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver i mean you you lose two in a row and you go from first in the division to out of the playoffs so it, it really puts a lot more spice in the game. And this lottery, the way it shook out, where Ottawa, Detroit, New Jersey, Buffalo, uh, Anaheim, the Kings, where those teams do not have a chance at that pick and a really, really good team does have a chance, that is not in the interest of parity. That's all. So the, the system's broken, but that's what they voted for. That's how they put it together. So as much as everybody wants to look at the lottery or... Batman player safety or anything else and say that that freaking Batman, I've never did like that guy. The, the, he works for the owners. Yep. So that's the way that's going to, that's the way it's going to stay.
0: The the best possible situation, believe it or not. Now that it is what it is, is if the team that ends up with the number one overall pick is one of the qualifying teams, but it's one of the lower qualifying teams. If that makes sense. The only way to really rectify this to where you could go, okay i guess technically maybe that makes sense as if it's a team that you could argue that if the playoffs were normal wouldn't necessarily have been in the playoffs to begin with right Um, can't really necessarily say that about just simply because of how close they were about maybe a minnesota but i'm going to include them just to kind of prove the point here uh it's the Montreal's it's the Minnesota's it's the Chicago's it's the you know teams like that so if they they lose in the qualifier and one of them gets the first overall pick I'd hate to see Chicago (laughs) from a personal (laughs) standpoint but or Minnesota being an avalanche fan but you could at least go okay that makes sense because if the if the lottery system was working under normal circumstances no virus 16 teams in the playoffs, it was what it was. Chicago and Minnesota probably would have been included in the lottery system anyway as, right. as the at bottom a, 15 teams. At team, a 1% right? or 2 So you could at least say, all right, at that point, fine. There'll but be... but if—pick a team, maybe Vancouver, because they've been playing well, Right. Um, Nashville even, um, despite Nashville's struggles in the, throughout the season. Any of those teams— get the flunk out of the qualifier and then get the first overall pick. Now you're going, well, shit. Yeah. Like, excuse my language, but it yeah. you're going it's, now Lafreniere is going to play with a, a McDavid, a Matthews, a Crosby, a, um, if a this is Duchesne, right. Uh, I mean, go down the list. So it's, it's, it, there could be redemption in this, Evan. That's what, it, that's kind of what I mean. There's redemption to be had. If it works out, if it comes
1: to, I'll stop complaining if this comes down to Montreal winning that pick, they don't have a star. They've got a decent team, but they don't have a game breaker. He's a French Canadian boy from nearby. Put some, put some real life back in that franchise. It's good for the game. They had the lowest win percentage. They have the lowest win percentage in the play in round. So that's, that's probably where, where he belongs. And I personally, I hope that's where he goes, but, We'll see. Anyway, he, he fits there. There's a few scouts that, um, as we transition a little bit to, to finish
0: up, there's a few scouts that have uh, Byfield beating Lafreniere. Not a chance.
1: I know there's there a might few be.
0: scouts that, that have it, but uh, I'm not saying there's a chance. I'm not saying it will. But there well, are a no. few scouts that, that at least have him overtaking Lafreniere for the first overall pick.
1: Here's the drool Which factor is, with Byfield. And I know, I understand why they're doing it because he is a natural center iceman. He's probably gonna to top out at six five and two thirty. If his if he doesn't have heavy feet at twenty-three or twenty-four, he could become an absolute animal up the middle for somebody. Bigger than Malkin, kind of a similar player to Malkin. Uh if his foot speed catches up, that's who he's gonna look like. Uh Jamie Ben but if his that's why they love him because a huge mobile center iceman is really hard to find today and that's who he is other the rest of his game is not there but who knows what this upside is I mean if you can talk about the number two pick with a lot of potential yeah I like him and as um
0: you mentioned here as we close out um, before we recorded um do you know more on if um, Byram is joining the roster for the Avalanche or is he joining as a black ace? No, he will be on the playoff roster. No, so he's not. He's not going to come in and be a black ace. He's going to be a seventh no. defenseman, kind of on the roster right. guy.
1: How much playing time he gets? It'll be up to him to earn in camp. But I think they're looking at this kid to get a chance, just like they did with Byram, or with McCarr the year before, and uh, bringing in Gerard and shoving him right into a, a prominent role. And and uh, you know we we've been watching this kid for a long time. I'm really eager to see. I am how he too. He struggled at the beginning of the year. Um, yeah, it, it, there's a reason he was sent back
0: to junior. Right. Um, it's not it wasn't a mistake. He was sent back to junior. No. There 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 was a reason. He looked fine, but he didn't stand out, and he he did struggle to find his foot footing a little bit. Um, so there was a reason. But I think I think and he struggled when he got back to Vancouver. His, he struggled yeah. to find, I think, because, and I read an interview in, in one of the hockey news uh, that you actually gave me. He said that he struggled mentally with with um, not being at the, the NHL level yet Right and, he's, and everything. And then he gets sent back and he's like, oh, wow. And then he struggles when he gets back to Vancouver a little bit. And then he found his game and then he went and played for Canada and he started to really produce and he yep. started to do th- I think I think going back to junior really helped him.
1: Yeah, and that's I you know I won't uh, I won't go into orbit over this but why it's okay for a 19-year-old euro to play in the American Hockey League and it's not okay for a 19-year-old Canadian to play in, in the American League. I'll never understand that. It ain't right. So are you, are you saying you would have liked to have seen Byram go
0: to Loveland and play for the Eagles. Absolutely. Then back to junior. Absolutely. A hundred more pro experience, kind of like Timmons is doing. Exactly. Uh, then then to be back in junior.
1: And there and is this happens every year. It happened. You know, just pick somebody, Mitch Marner. You go back to junior. You don't make the big club at eighteen. You go back to junior, and you really. Yes, you're challenged, but you're really not learning all that much. You get to the pro game, you get around pros. You've got a bunch of veterans on the backside of their career in the American Hockey League, showing you how to train, how to eat, how to behave. It really, and then you're playing at the pro level. You're playing against men. So
0: is that is that a are, team thing though? It's a more more than a league thing. I, and I say I say that because a guy like Byram signed his ELC. So couldn't you technically? Team wise, keep him and then send him to the to the AHL to get that pro experience because he technically signed his ELC before they sent him back to junior. My, so
1: unless there's been a change, my understanding is at 19, you're either with the big club or you're back in junior.
0: Oh right, yes you are because because um, 28 is the limit in junior. So Correct. until you reach that, until you reach your limit in junior, you're. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So I was thinking, I was thinking, um, I had it backwards with NCAA. Okay. Yeah. If you're NCAA and you, you come in, you get drafted and you're in school, but you sign your ELC. First of all, the second you sign your ELC, you're You're ineligible in in NCAA because of the money aspect, but you're also, you're also can be with, with the organization and go to the A to get that experience. So I had it backwards with, with NCAA. It's absolutely uh,
1: not right. And there are, as guys get better and better every year, and instead of having many years ago, you might have had one guy who could come out of the draft and go right to the show. Now you might have seven or eight. Some years you might have 10 or 12 that are on that bubble. Development-wise, they are way better off most of the time. At least have the option. At least have the option. If the team wants to start his ELC and, and put him in the A, let him do that.
0: I guess that's kind These of what I mean: ridiculous. is is take it out of the league's hand and make it a team thing.
1: Yeah, if the, team wants if the, the team, team wants, if the team wants to send, asset.
0: if the team wants to send him to junior, he sends him to junior. If the team wants him on the on the main roster, you keep him. If the team wants him in the AHL to get that pro experience, then let let him let. To go off of Byram's example, let Joe Sackic make that decision. Exactly. On, that's like Joe Sackick get in it. the room with Jared Bednar yep. and and have a roundtable discussion on what they saw from the kid and, and go from there as to what he needs. And depends then depends on the player. Depends
1: on the cap situation. Right. Depends yeah. on when you want to start that contract. But speaking of development and young players and everything, I've been asking around, and I don't know how much you have done.
0: Well, I, I did, and that's but, uh, we're going to try and get. Um, back on here to discuss a little bit. He'll have more insight
1: I'd, on it. I'd like to um, hear some of that. I've, I've just asked around here, you uh, know, like, what are guys doing? Yep. Can there, there are communities where your rink is not open yet. Maybe it is open and you, you can only get out there with four or five guys. Uh, the, a lot of the gyms aren't open. So if you don't have access to a private gym or someplace that's, you know, that you can put a, take a giant gym and only put 10 guys in it. You maybe don't even have a chance to train, other than to ride the exercise bike, do the prison workout, you know, do your squats and things like that. Um, it's really hard. I just I, one of our uh, one of our local youth hockey mentors here said, "Fishing and beer—that's yep. what's going on. That's how you're training in the off season right now. It's like a throwback to the seventies. Now all of a sudden, guys don't have any idea where the gym is. They can't find their skates. They've been off for two or three months." And uh, you know there's gonna be there's gonna be a little extra weight to lose and, and get your cardio back. But anyway, yeah. so.
0: Yep. Yeah, um, yeah. I guess that kind of covers it this week. Um, what are we looking forward to in the coming week? Well, uh, the we, draft lottery lottery already happened in the coming week, actually, um, and, and we can finally actually have something to look forward to in the coming week week and a half. Um, training camps should be opening. Should be getting guys back on the ice. Yes. Uh, guys are back on the ice in in their organization's cities um, for voluntary small group workouts. Um, but here in the coming week or so, um, the scheduled timeline of it puts the start uh, of start of the, start of the return something. to play training camps uh, coming the 10th, maybe the 13th, depending on things. But yeah. so hopefully here in, in the coming week, that's,
1: that's happening. So, but yeah, it'll be fun to see. I'm, I'm also really, really interested as camps open and as, rosters look to be taking shape i'm looking for the guys like bowen byram that will be up with the big club for the playoffs the guys like um the guys that have been injured that are now after four or five months you know they were done for the season now they're right back on the ice again
0: well several players have come out and said this is going to be uh, no matter your viewpoints on the twenty-four team aspect and things, this is going to be the hardest year to win the Stanley Cup because not only is there more teams involved, but there's, but everybody's healthy, right? So now you're getting full healthy lineups. Your number whereas, one goalies in Normal years, you're getting guys playing through broken ankles right. or, you know, sprained knees or this or that. Now you're getting guys coming in, and everybody is one hundred percent full health, with exception of. What they might be feeling or experiencing with the virus situation, everybody's full health. So yeah. this will be the toughest year to do it. And I'm also curious to see, given the um, exemption in and everything in the agreement, um, who who on how many teams uh, decides to opt out of coming back to play, and as a result, um, what kind of what kind of young prospect. Black Ace type of situation. Are you going to see with who players who then step in yeah. to to prove that? So, um, and see, I like that though. The subtlety with it is you you have a right topped out of returning to play, but what I like the subtlety there is you're now taking a risk with your roster spot if a Bowen Byram comes in, lights it up the way McCarr did last year, yeah, and is now the go to top four defenseman, and now well. What about me? Well, okay, I'm paying you this much money, but now we're going to have to figure something out because you didn't return to play. He proved himself, and now I can't very well sit him because my eight million dollar guy decides he wants to return. So it'll be interesting come the 2021 season, uh, roster wise, what it does for for teams if players opt out of returning. Yeah. So, um, so it'll be it'll be. It's frustrating that there's no, not a whole lot of new information, uh, that things are still step-by-step step slow walking it, uh, no fans, this, whatever, that. But it is exciting to look forward to how things might play out. So I'm
1: eager for that. I, uh, I got a hunch, and again, these are all hunches, but I'm going to put the over-under on players who refuse to show up, who opt out of the playoffs. I'm going to put that at zero. I just don't think guys will will take this thing seriously when it comes time to make that choice. Uh, the other hunch I have is that as I think we might have been talking about the other night that that um, the Rangers may be looking to buy out Hank.
0: Mm-hmm. Rangers looking to buy out Hank and the reason I put the reason I put any number even if it's small on players opting out is just simply based on quotes I've read from players about oh, yeah. about not wanting to leave their families, not wanting to, to do it, all this stuff. Artemi Panarin came out in the last couple weeks and made comments about wanting players to stay home and escrow this and whatever that. So there, there's comments coming out of players about not wanting to come back yet. So uh, it could very well be zero. It, you know, training camps start and players start to realize, okay, facilities are safe, things are good, so it's fine. Yeah. Um, the reason I'll put the over under it maybe. Out of out of all the teams participating, maybe a max of a dozen yep. total out of twenty four teams, is just simply based on comments and the feelers that have been out there already of guys who are at least hesitant at the idea. So I'm just, just to be safe and fair, I'll put it at maybe a max of a dozen total out of the twenty four teams. But well, so you may be right because now that
1: they've given the players the option. Now a with guy no, with no, uh, no, with no, with
0: repercussion. no salary repercussions yeah. or anything
1: like that. So. so now a guy's got, I got three years left at six point six million each,
0: and I get my signing bonus
1: just to stay home with the yeah. kids and, and, and all that I stuff. Get so. all my yeah, so why am I doing this? Uh, I'm, I'm good, you know, and, and I'm not going to lose my job to somebody. So we'll see. But that's interesting, and I'm, I'm just, uh, I'll be curious to, to hear how, how other guys are preparing. I know that minor hockey, junior hockey's got. A lo- so many questions i mean we talked about all the questions in the national hockey league here's kids that may have one year of eligibility left am i going to have a place to play yeah. what do i do who's i mean i'm not going to be seen what what's going on like what's what's up with my career i was a bubble guy what am i doing so well,
0: to me that's the the and this is going to be the only um thing i'm going to say where you're going to get a glimpse into it to how i feel about everything and that is to me that's the bullshit of of the virus um, yeah is is not just sports how many to me it's it's bs first of all the whole thing is just bs how many people are getting sick but at the end of the day it's a it's a flu yeah. um but but um to me it's the bs of it not just with sports but it's also you know how many how many kids only get what And you really do only get one in high school and things like that. You know, you get one opportunity to go to prom. Right. You get one opportunity to walk across that stage and graduate. Yes. You get one opportunity to, you know, to do, to do these things and, and go off on your own and, and experience orientation at university and, and do these things that are that's now completely taken away to where these kids now will never, ever get to go back and experience it. It's gone. It's It's done. Yeah. And everything like that simply because why I, you know, I decided to, to shut the entire world down over something that, that hasn't killed anywhere close to what people thought it would. And quite frankly, the common flu kills more every year than this thing has total in how many countries and you shut everything down you take those opportunities away from these, from these kids and these people. Athletes who only get one opportunity to to win a state championship, and now state championship game is completely canceled because of this. Kids, you know, parents only getting one opportunity to take pictures with their kids going off to prom or doing this. Things what, gone, just what done. What about weddings, funerals, weddings and funerals? People pa- at- parents, parents, um, families that have loved ones and elder elderly loved ones who. Um, pass away with for no other reason, not coronavirus, but pass away from regular causes and yeah. things like that, who you can't go you to the funeral, can't have a proper, you can't say goodbye, right. you can't do anything like that, because God forbid you step on the other side of the glass. And and these things are now being they're taken away, and there's going to be repercussions for this generation that ripples how many years down into the future. 30 years from now, how many people are going to go live with regret because they didn't get to say goodbye to their dad. You know, their dad passed away while in a nursing home and I couldn't say goodbye because I wasn't allowed to stand on the property. And then I get a phone call that says, Oh, he passed away type of thing. And, and everything. I'm going to the grocery
1: store and sneeze all over. My, my
0: 20 years from now, my kid goes to prom and I got to go to prom, but you get my point. Yeah. My kid goes to prom and I look back and go, well, in almost a jealousy type of thing, right, wrong, or indifferent, because I never got to experience that. Right. So it, 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 to me, that's the whole BS of it is yes, there's caution and yes, there's doing things, but you know what? It's kind of ridiculous to be this extreme about it. So in regards to sports, there's talk, whether we agree about it or not, that there's going to be a second wave of this, Ah, whether there's never a first wave. whether that, whether there is, or there isn't, They bet that you better bring fans back into the arenas and you better, you better not shut down again. You already shut down once. That was your shutdown. Now you adapt and you figure out how to move forward. As ridiculous as it may be, if you have to make everybody who comes into the arena, wear a mask while watching the game. I don't care, but you have to bring people back into the seats. You have to get revenue back. You have to start doing these things. Kids have to be allowed to, to experience these once in a lifetime opportunities. And And all this stuff, you just have to,
1: this, it's
0: ridiculous. We need to move on
1: because I don't have a beep button anymore. So we're we're
0: done, uh, but that's just what I wanted to, that's what I wanted to say (laughs) because it regard, it's in relation to, to kids and sports and development and all that stuff. But that's all I wanted to say. So it's, it's a shame that there's how many kids sport or not that are missing out on these things. And we talked about that and
1: it is really, really too bad. I'm, I'm
0: blessed. I'm blessed that my child isn't born yet. Um, that, my child isn't one of the ones that has to miss out on exactly. on once in a lifetime opportunities that you know girl a girl my my child and I don't know if it's a boy yet or not we didn't, we find out next week but you get my point. I do. My, my, my son has a, a crush on this girl for how many years, finally gets the courage to ask her to prom. She says yes, and then they can't Oof. go. Yeah. Like, type of thing. <laughs> so it's a shame. Uh, to all of you out there who are experiencing that, I my apologies, our apologies. We're sorry you have to go through that. Uh, In the, uh, to the athletes who... who work how many years to get to a point to further their career professionally or this or that. And now they're left wondering what's going to happen because they don't get to experience the final year of eligibility. Yep. Um, we are sorry that you, you are experiencing this and, and are going through that. Um, so I'll just, just keep your head up
1: and keep moving. So I'll quote Saul Goodman here. <laughs> Woof. <laughs> If you bring watch if you watch that show, you'll get that comment. So, <laughs> bring back hockey trivia. We should do that again. I hockey trivia. I haven't been good and humiliated in a few weeks. I got the stack here. We'll at least uh, do, we'll at least do one before was, we close out. Okay. And you can't flip through them to find a hard one. As
0: of 2019, which NHL team holds the record for most
1: losses in a complete season? Ooh, I think I might know that one. I'm going to say the Washington Capitals of 77, 76? 76 Washington Capitals.
0: Nope. There's no date to it, but it's uh, San Jose Sharks, 11 wins,
1: 71 losses, and two oh. ties. Ooh. 71 losses? Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Well, you know Ottawa had a tough year their their first year in the league. Uh, Washington Capitals were one of the most abysmal teams out there back in the '70s. So there have been some there have been some tough runs. But yep. wow, seventy one. finally, 71 and finally a, a
0: movie one here, real quick. In the movie Wayne's World, <laughs> what phrase do characters Wayne and Garth shout out before restarting their game of pickup hockey? Uh,
1: right when game they, on when they move for the cars car coming game off they could they just i don't they just yell game on game on game so on. there you go game all on right, listen we got game off game on yep. we got what three or four weeks to game on three or four
0: weeks to game on so right on um thank you uh well first of all um listeners the driving force behind what we do we can't thank you enough for continuing to support us uh, continuing with your patience and continuing to tune in. Uh, we can't do it without you, so thank you. Um, make sure you head to Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Make sure you subscribe, you rate and review, you share, you help us grow. Uh, head to Facebook and Instagram, uh, Warham the Hockey Podcast, at Warham the Hockey Podcast, respectively. Uh, make sure you like and you follow. Engage with us, write comments, questions, um, topic ideas, anything like that. Uh, make sure... That you head to www.warroomhockey.com, where you can also catch the latest episodes of the podcast. Um, thank you for joining in studio again.
1: Always. My pleasure.
0: Uh, it's getting exciting that if anything, if everything continues to go smoothly, uh, things are coming back here in the coming weeks, yes. which is exciting to, f- to finally finish. And, and it's exciting for hockey fans because it's going to be a quick transition from the closing of this year right into next year, uh, so, which is exciting. So, um, a lot to look forward to. I'm Evan Rauer with Warm the Hockey Podcast and I'll see you all throughout the hockey community. Cheers. Cheers.